Wretched Radio begins in three, two, one. It's time for the church to acknowledge that we have brothers and sisters who are gay. LGBTs have to find a household of worship that reflects what your views are and what you believe. A gay person who still wants to attend church after the way the church has treated the gay community, I'm telling you, they have more faith than I do. They have more faith than a lot of you. What's not loving is to look someone in the eye when God says they are in jeopardy of an eternity in hell and merely wink and nod at their sin because you you're afraid of being called names. It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Hello, hello. Welcome into Wretched Radio. It is Wednesday here, and you know that means that Todd is out on the campus somewhere. He's ditched the studio, and first up, he's at the University of Georgia. I'll go ahead and let you in. That's where we're going to start out today. And, uh, well, you know, he's looking for some students to talk with because academia is kind of like the Serengeti for theological discussions, if you haven't realized that yet. He's out there with his Bible. He's got a microphone, camera crew with him, and uh, he's just trying to find some students to say, hey, look, look, I'm not as scary as I look. Talk to me. So now we don't know exactly who he's talking to, but he has been having a conversation with somebody, and we're going to jump right into that right now at the University of Georgia. This is a Witness Wednesday on Wretched Radio. Uh, so you said earlier that sin is the payment uh, that uh, that you that you pay uh, once you go against God's law, God's word, right? That's breaking a law. Yes, sir. So my question to you is, how is it any way just for a brief 100-year stint on earth for a eternity in punishment? Because that, to me, as, as someone who is involved and active in reform for criminal justice, the crime does not match that punishment. Ah, that's, a, that's a good observation. Let me see if I can shed some light on that. Okay. All right. I want you to imagine mm-hmm. that I lie to my son. Okay. Do you know what's going to happen to me? Uh, from what perspective? <laughs> Nothing. Nothing's going to happen because yeah. I'm an authority, right? Okay. And he's smaller and he doesn't have any power. Imagine I lied to my wife. Okay. Do you think there might be a consequence? Uh, yeah, he'd be on the couch. <laughs> Exactly right. I'd be on the couch. All right, let's keep going. Okay. I lie to my boss. Mm-hmm. Could I get fired? Sure. All right. Now let's imagine I lie to the government. Okay. Could I possibly be put in jail? Uh, yes, you could. All right. Now follow this. Okay. I committed the same crime with each entity, mm-hmm. but the punishment increased each time. Why? Well, that depends on what you lie about. If you lie to your son about there being Santa, yeah, you're going to get away with that for about 10 years. But if you lie to the government about selling secrets to international uh, enemies, then yeah, that's a serious crime. Well, People lie in different ways. Sure, that, that, that's true, and I appreciate that. But if I perjure myself, I lie. It doesn't have to be about state secrets. Yeah. You go to jail. You yeah. don't lie to the court. Mm-hmm. Now, I committed the same crime, but I received a different punishment because the one against whom I committed the crime mm. grew in authority, grew in power, all right? Okay. So I can get punished more by somebody who's more powerful because my crime against that person is greater. Now, if God exists, because remember, mm-hmm. we're talking about God here. In, in the hypothetical. In yeah. the hypothetical, if you'd like. But if God exists and he's the one who rules the planet and he's in control of every government, every person, every molecule, Mm -hmm. 
if we commit a lie against God, Mm -hmm. that's why the Bible says all liars will have their part in the lake of fire. It's not so much the egregious nature of our crime. It's the one against whom we commit the crime Mm -hmm. that makes the punishment so severe. See, that's where I disagree with you. I think the crime does match the time. Because when you commit a murder, you're in there for life or possibly to execution, depending on your view of capital punishment. Sure. But when you lie or when you commit these sins that will land you in the uh, the pit of fire, the lake of fire, you're in there for eternity. And eternity is a hell of a long right. time. Yeah. Well, that was a pun. Yes. It and was. I got it. Okay. All right. But again, mm-hmm. you, d- did you track with me? I did. It's, it's in reference to the authority. However, that's right. In my understanding of the Bible, uh, depending on where you're coming from, what denomination you follow, any sin can land you in there. Correct. So for me, that punishment does not match the crime. Let me ask you a question, Brewer. Sure. Do you think there's anything that a human being could do to warrant such a severe judgment? For instance, for eternity? Yeah. No. Adolf Hitler? No. Really? I think he was a horrible, horrible 12 million people killed. Yeah, and I think he should suffer and punish for that. However, in my view, as I I don't believe that people should be burned in eternity. Stalin, who was worse than Hitler. Do you believe in redemption? Different subject. Well, I know they're intrinsically linked. I'm trying to, I'm just trying to, well, they they, they are linked. I agree with you, but I'm trying to establish the reasonable nature of God's justice. Okay. We're talking about the doctrine of the eternality of hell. Mm -hmm. It's a great subject. I'm trying to demonstrate to you, it is entirely reasonable for the highest authority in the universe to be so offended that the only just punishment is eternal damnation. And I'm trying to see with you, Brewer, Okay. if I can get you to find a place where you go, you know, that guy is such a scoundrel. He does deserve it because your sense and my sense of justice are different. So I think I think that is a problem with the justice system is the idea that somebody deserves something forever. And I think that's a problem with our justice system in which we lock them up and throw away the key. And I think that relates to God in hell. In the idea that once you commit a crime, you can never be capable of reform. And if if hell was, if there was a way out of hell, if there was any way you could repent for a sin after death, I'd be more okay with that idea. But they don't have parole. They don't have any way of recounseling that idea. Have you studied legal history yet? Uh, A bit, bits and pieces. Because your your mindset definitely Mm. sounds like the modern approach to justice. Yeah, it is. I would say probably even 50 years ago, mm-hmm. it was called the penal system for a reason, mm-hmm. not the reform center. It was called the place of punishment. Yeah. And that's the way it was set up. Because mm-hmm. people agreed some things are so heinous. The taking of another person's life mm-hmm. is so wicked. You deserve to have your life taken from you. But the reason why we're shifting to reform now in the modern era is because that system doesn't work. That's the reason we have well, a two-thirds recidivism rate. No, it doesn't. Well, work. but the but the the current system has been in play for decades now. Yeah, and the recidivism rate. I think there's a lot of reasons, and we could debate that because you know we suddenly get into sociology, and there's a lot of considerations for that. Mm-hmm. But let's stay focused. Sure. All right. So would you would you agree that the way that Christianity approaches punishment is in deterrence? Don't do this thing or you will be punished forever. Oh, sure. I think it could be a deterrent, but that's not its point. Okay, then what is its point? Here's what the Bible says. The law 
is a schoolmaster. Okay. To bring you to Christ. Mm-hmm. You look at the laws of God and you should conclude, yeah, I've done pretty well. No, you should conclude, yikes, I have broken all of them. I'm in big trouble with this God. What can I do to be saved? That law should pull you to Mount Calvary to look to the cross to say, that's where my hope is. That's the purpose of the law. God's laws aren't just so he can punish. God's laws exist because they represent him. Okay. God didn't write morality. God is morality. Okay. And anything that falls short of that is considered a violation of his law. Mm -hmm. And it's a grievous offense because of his character and his nature. Right. The laws condemn, but God doesn't leave us condemned. God desires to save, hence the punishment of Jesus Christ on your behalf so you can go to heaven. So... Earlier, you asked me about Adolf Hitler. Do I believe that he yeah. should burn in hell for Let me counter that. Do you believe that Gandhi should burn in hell for eternity? Because he's not a Christian, and that's where he is in your belief. Right. Well, is Gandhi good? I would say yes, very much Not so. if you ask Gandhi. In okay. fact, Gandhi said that he believed that he was the worst of all creatures. Here's another quote from somebody else. See if you can guess who this is. I've spent my life bringing pleasures to people, and all I receive in return is persecution. Do you know who said that? I'm going to have to guess somebody from the Bible. I don't know. Al Capone. Al Capone. Okay. All right, that's interesting. Yeah. So Al Capone, a criminal, yeah. thought he was a good guy. Gandhi, who most people would look at, was trying to be a pure fellow, mm-hmm. realized that he's more sinful. Now, without going any further in the illustration, sure. I would suggest to you is the more you become good, the more you realize bad and how much of it you have okay Be, our perspective is out of whack mm. okay and I, I i understand the that uh that point that point resonates with me i get okay. that the the what it's the idea of like the wiser you are the more you know that you don't know anything sure but my question was do you believe it is fair and just that gandhi burns despite the good works that he has done all right you're a lawyer you want to be a lawyer no i don't okay <laughs> you just want to study justice uh prison theater actually but theater for reform Okay, yeah. excellent. I, you know what? I applaud you for that. That's a very, mm-hmm. that's a kind thing to do. Now, if the judge mm-hmm. heard a criminal that he knew it, all the evidence has been rendered, the, both lawyers have argued their case. Okay. All the evidence is out. It is so clear the guy is guilty. But he mm-hmm. says, I did help a, an old woman across the street. Mm-hmm. I bought some Girl Scout cookies and I don't even like those peanut butter tag along dipsy doodles. Mm-hmm. And I once gave money to a homeless person. Okay. What would the judge say? Uh, de- well, if we want like a, like an accurate representation, it's up to his discretion. It's up to him to decide what is, but he, not but he would say it's irrelevant. It has yeah. nothing to do with your case. Yeah, that's of fair. Co- we do yeah. good. Right, here's another illustration may or may not resonate with you. Okay. All right. If mm. Adolf Hitler who's kind of considered the most vilified human being on yeah, the planet. Yeah, I think generally agree. Right? Offered you flowers. Mm-hmm. Would you take those and go, beautiful bouquet, Adolf. Thank you. Uh, no, probably not. Because his hands are filled with blood. Mm. They're stained with the blood of people that he murdered. Uh-huh. And you would not appreciate a very lovely gift because they are offered from filthy hands. All right, all right, all right. Hold on just a second. I've got to do it again. Got to hit pause, but we are coming back in just three minutes as Todd and Brewer continue their chat and conversation from the University of Georgia. We'll be back in just three minutes. Sorry to ask you to do some 
arithmetic, but this is some math that will encourage you and make you very, very happy. This is one testimony of a mother who chose life because she saw her own baby, courtesy of an ultrasound from Preborn. I was terrified. I really didn't know what to do. The first time I saw the ultrasound, I was just amazed. I was like, oh my gosh, is that my baby? And I, like, I heard her heartbeat and I, I just I just fell in love. If I could care about my daughter this much, if I could love my daughter this much, how much does God love me? Now take that one testimony and multiply it by 54,253 because that is the number of babies that were saved last year because of ultrasounds at pre-born centers. Would you please help us grow that number by providing as many ultrasounds as possible at preborn.org slash wretched, preborn.org slash wretched. Hey, hey, thank you so much for listening to Wretched Radio today. We certainly appreciate you. We appreciate your time. And we appreciate all of you who have given it to this ministry over the years. Without your support, we couldn't do the things that we're able to do here. So we are tickled pink that you're a part of it. Now, I do want to speak to those of you that have given to us before, but maybe something came up in your life where you had to stop giving for a period of time. Nobody understands that better than we do. But I would ask that if you are able to maybe possibly join us again as an ongoing monthly gospel partner, we would definitely welcome you back with open arms. We've got some exciting things on the horizon we can't wait to tell you about. And we would not be able to do those things that we've got coming up without your support. So if you're in a place in your life where you could join us as an ongoing monthly gospel partner, we would love for you to prayerfully consider doing that. All the answers to any questions you might possibly have about what this would look like is available at wretched.org slash donate. Wretched. Amazing grace. Amazing gospel. So there you are on your Googler machine trying to find a restaurant. What do you look for? Ratings and reviews. If it gets lots of stars, positive reviews, chances are pretty good you're going to go there. Question, would you be inclined to go to a restaurant that had a 98% approval rating and rave reviews? I suspect you would. MetaShare, Affordable Biblical Health Sharing has a 98% approval rating. 400,000 members strong sharing one another's health care bills, saving billions of dollars over the years, saving families on average $500 a month. And 98% of the members of MediShare give it a hearty thumbs up. I encourage you to call them and see if MediShare is right for you and your family. 1-844-34-BIBLE. 1-844-34-BIBLE for MediShare. Books of the Bible Ezekiel was a prophet and priest in Israel. The language in the book of Ezekiel is often symbolic and figurative, but the message is clear. God rules over and judges men and nations. When you are tempted by sin, Ezekiel reminds us that God is holy and has called His people to holiness. He will go to great lengths to purge evil from among them. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Okay, so welcome back. Welcome back. I hope that break wasn't too long. I hope you didn't lose your salvation in that three minutes. Actually, if you had it, you didn't. But anyway, this is a Witness Wednesday here on Wretched Radio. Todd and Brewer have been talking about deep stuff so far. 
on the campus of the University of Georgia. So far, they've been debating good deeds and a lot of good stuff. But let's get back to the campus now where we pick up exactly where we left off. Yeah, we do good stuff. I'm, I'm sure you do. I, everybody here does nice things. But those are acts that we offer to God from dirty hands, and they're not acceptable to him. But I think the issue is, is that you're comparing one of the most villainous people in history to the average citizen. Yeah, the average person sure. does some messed up stuff. Yeah. They're not perfect. They're human. We were in, I think, your belief made that way. Yeah. All right. Um, I'm going to try another illustration. Okay. Let's right. stay away from Hitler this time. <laughs> you're flying in a plane with Hitler. No, I'm kidding. All right. All right. Well, all right. <laughs> let's, let's just say we're in Los Angeles. Okay. All right. If you looked up on a day like today, yeah. you would probably conclude the sky is blue, mm -hmm. right? But if I took you up in an airplane and you flew through the smog and looked down, you would see this brown film mm -hmm. covering the city. Yeah. That film was there when you were on the earth, mm -hmm. but your perspective changed. You went higher. Okay. And you could see the dirt mm -hmm. from a higher perspective. God's the highest perspective. So just, let, let me let me try ahead. one question with you, Brewer. Okay, okay I'll, I'll I couldn't persuade that, yeah. you that that Hitler mm. deserves hell. A rapist? I don't think anyone deserves hell. I don't think anyone should be punished for eternity. They deserve to be punished for their crime, and that punishment should match that crime in severity. But it should not be without the possibility of reform. Otherwise, we're making monsters. Okay. All right. All right. Whether we're they already are monsters. Mm, All right. I would disagree. Okay, I just saw it last night. Maybe you'll remember the guy's name. Mm. The the most the most violent serial killer, prolific serial killer in history. What mm. was does anybody anybody got his name? At any rate, forty eight prostitutes mm. he hired to violate them and then murder them. Mm -hmm. You don't think that deserves punishment? I think, oh, you're misassuming my Does argument. It deserve, oh, I'm trying to get do by steps. Does that deserve punishment? Yes, it deserves a fair punishment. Okay, but who determines what's fair? So we have a human perspective, so I think we do. My issue with your argument is that you're expecting us to follow a perspective that we, in I think your belief, cannot understand. That's not how legal systems work. You have to understand the law, it has to be broken down in a way that is digestible. If I can't know the laws that I'm breaking, then those laws shouldn't apply to me. Uh, actually, ignorance is no excuse of the law. What I'm saying is that if I look at a legal book, I can understand what I can and can't do. What I'm getting from your argument is that I can't know God's perspective and I'm still expected to follow that perspective. No, that close, but not quite. Okay. You've got a conscience, so you do know God's perspective. You do know that beating up small children is wrong. You do know that violating women is wrong. Mm -hmm. You do know that it's wrong to steal from somebody else. You know that. So you do know God's standard. It's your conscience that he's given to you. Well, I know that in at least my belief, because that's the way the social contract and socialization has been set up. I don't think that's inborn. Well, I don't know that you can demonstrate that morality grew out of culture. Furthermore, mm -hmm. if let me try to reason with you from Go this ahead. perspective. If God doesn't exist, there is no morality. Only preference. Only preference. Yeah. Without God, no morality. You can say you don't prefer that Hitler killed those people, mm. but you can't say it was wrong. So I, I disagree with you because in the way that I at least have been taught in our sociology classes at the lovely University of Georgia, yes, uh, <laughs> is that we create morality, mores, norms, sanctions through socialization, through our processes of agreeing to a social contract. That is human. 
Okay, and but that's that not my point. With, okay, your point is Brewer, my my point mm-hmm. is those things cannot be established as objective truth statements without God. Right now, we would all agree here that it's wrong to beat up a small child. But I fly to the island of Boingo Boingo, and they think it's good to beat up a small child. They think it's good. Okay. Which one of us is wrong? Neither. The so point, it's okay to beat up a small child in from some my perspective, From my perspective, not at all. But so I'm society not in their makes cult. that wrong. Yes, it's, that's, that's how sociology works. Oh, exactly. Yeah. But I would say that it's an inconsistent philosophy mm-hmm. because morality then is changing. Mm-hmm. God's morality never changes. It's always wrong to be. Those people on Boingo Boingo are wrong. They shouldn't be beating up children. I can make that objective truth claim because I say there's a God who has laid down the law. Okay. You can merely state through sociological studies, that's our current preference, but we cannot definitively state that beating up small children is always wrong. I, I think that we can state that in, like, we have agreed that doing this act is wrong. It violates our norms and mores and should be sanctioned. And I think that's strong enough. I don't but, think- but, you're, but you're boiling it, when you boil it down, Brewer, okay. what you're saying is your norms mm-hmm. are determined by human beings. Yes. So the very people who do these things are determining what the norms are. Do you see how fallible that system can be? Well, I disagree. I think the people that are not beating up small children agree right. that they shouldn't be beating up small children. Okay, My, okay fair enough. But yeah. the people who are making the laws, if let's say different people come in uh-huh. and change morality, then it's not really moral. Well, it's just a preference. It's the current trend. Ah, uh, no, no, no. I disagree. So I don't. I think when you say trend or preference, you say it's changeable as the wind. These norms and mores and laws that we have made are the process of legal studies and process of human socialization for centuries. The right. reason why the system is set up the way it is today, with all its flaws, is because we have progressed to that point. Now, I think that humanity is co- like is always moving forward to a cultural singularity to the point where we have an agreed upon code of ethics. I think the human rights council of the UN is attempting to do that. And I would rather follow laws set up by humans by than by somebody I can't yeah. and won't ever. Yeah, so understand. that's the okay, this is the difference. Okay. You say thus saith the human rights council. Mm-hmm. I say thus saith the Lord. Yeah. That's our difference. Yeah. Right. So we've we've talked a lot about I think we've verged into talking about proving or disproving the miracle of, of Christ. And I that's not what I wanted to get into. I wanted to, to bring us back to our original argument. Right. Is hell reasonable? Is hell just? Yeah. Yeah. And I I just just because I have to get to class, uh, could I just hear one last time your reasoning behind why it is just in in as few a sense as possible? Yeah. Okay. Think of God like a clean room. Okay can't have any dust in it. Mm. Okay. That's, that's like God. He can't have any sin. He's so perfect and holy and righteous and just and good mm. and filled with mercy. Anything contrary to his nature is like dust in a clean room. It can't exist. Okay. He's so high. Our perspective is broken. Okay. We, we've got, we've got a bad perspective on this. You and I would agree rape is bad. Hitting a little kid is a bad thing to do. Mm. God looks at it and he detests that. He abhors that because he's a lot cleaner than you and I are. Okay. Our perspective is broken. So leaving you with this, Mm -hmm. God is holy, righteous, and just. 
We have violated his laws with a conscience that informs us we are doing this willfully. We justly deserve his temporal, and God has been very kind to you so far. Your temporal and eternal punishment is earned by you. Mm. But God desires to save sinners. He sent his son to die for you so justice could be satisfied, and then you could be made clean. You could be made white as snow so that you can dwell with God forever. Okay. All right. Can I challenge you on one more thing? (laughs) Go ahead. Why not? I appreciate you, Brewer. Yeah. All right. All the stuff that's going on on our planet. You know, we talked about justice. Uh I tried to point you toward there must be a God who is just. Otherwise, there is no such thing as justice. Uh All right. I think that there's other there's a reason that we have laws because God has laws. I think there's a reason we have our senses. We can see because God sees. We think because God thinks. We work because God works. We create because God creates. We're image bearers. Mm. And the Christian faith, I think, best explains the big questions of life in a harmonious way. Where do we come from? Why are we here? What's the point? Where am I going when I die? Mm -hmm. Christianity, I believe, if you just want to look at it logically, it satisfies those four answers not disjointed, but they all work harmoniously together. Where did you come from? God made you. Why are you here to glorify God and enjoy him forever? How are you supposed to live by his statutes and commands? Where are you going when you die? That's the million dollar question. Uh, That's going to do it. Another conversation in the books here on Witness Wednesday on Wretched Radio. To quickly recap, Brewer and Todd, got pretty deep in their conversation. And I would say um, about Brewer, let's be praying for him. I, I know I say that about every conversation, and we should be praying for everyone Todd talks to on Wednesdays, but the Bible says, thus saith the Lord. And everyone has their thus saith, right? But the real question for Brewer and everyone else is, are you listening to the right one? We'll be back. Don't go too far. There is much more witnessing still to come here on this Witness Wednesday on Wretched Radio. And it's now time for a Wretched News Break here on Wretched Radio. I'm Jimmy Hicks. First up, we start up north with our friends in Canada where a Catholic school trustee is in hot water for speaking her mind. Though, I'm probably going to get in hot water because I can see both sides of this issue. She compared the LGBT agenda in schools to Nazi propaganda and now she has to go through sensitivity training. So, sensitivity training is ridiculous. I mean, it's the modern secular confession all these days but you know that probably wasn't the best comparison nazi propaganda and i do recognize that freedom of speech does exist but at the risk of sounding squishy here it doesn't give you freedom from consequences i mean nazi propaganda maybe a little too harsh some would say not harsh enough Moving on, we stay in Canada. Bad news for the mainstream media. Over a third of Canadian journalism jobs have vanished since 2010. That's 470 local news operations closed. Poof, just gone. And the Trudeau government has been throwing money at the problem because that's the best way to fix any problem. Don't look for the root of the issue. Just put some money on it and that should fix it. But now they're even admitting that it's like fixing a sinking ship with scotch tape. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a pretty good comparison. News Media Canada, perhaps seeing the handwriting on the wall, is asking for double the handout. Yeah, if you're going to throw money at us, double what you're throwing at us. 
in a recent study is showing that the trust of Canadians in both the federal government and the mainstream media is sinking pretty fast. Meanwhile, south of the border, Amazon is facing antitrust allegations from the FTC and 17 state attorneys general. Here's the issue. If, if Amazon was a monopoly board, they'd own Boardwalk, Park Place, the Thimble, the car, they own everything. And the suit is claiming that Amazon is stifling competition, raising prices, and degrading service. But the company disagrees, saying its practices foster competition and innovation. In the world of entertainment and sports, Queer Eye star Jonathan Van Ness is stirring the pot. Sure he is. He's saying transgender women don't have an unfair biological advantage in sports. Yeah, this guy obviously hasn't read any biology books or research because that suggests otherwise. Van Ness even took actor Dax Shepard to task. He accused him of harboring transphobic ideologies, despite not explicitly labeling him as a transphobe. Van Ness is frustrated that people are focused on fairness in women's sports rather than inclusivity. But isn't the very definition of being inclusive to be fair? <laughs> Semantics. Don't you just love it? And that's been today's Wretched News Break. More Wretched Radio straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks. <laughs> God has given the church many gifts for the building up of the body. One gift is the ability to discern between true and false spirits. Satan masquerades as an angel of light, and many false teachers present their lies as God's truth. But God has given us His truth, and He has equipped us to tell true from false in accordance with His Word. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Welcome back again to Wretched Radio. It's a witness Wednesday, and uh, this week, well, we've been to the University of Georgia. Todd's switching gears from just a moment. He just teleported it all the way from the University of Georgia using the power of radio to now on the campus of Georgia Tech. Hi, but nice to meet you, sir. How do you do? You're going to school here? Yes, sir. And what are you studying? Physics. Physics? Cool. So you can tell me based on physics. Here's my big question for That's you. Cool. I'm looking for a science guy okay. who can explain to me why I should believe in the theory of evolution. Can you do that for me? You can't really explain evolution altogether in like five minutes. So I guess a simple like metaphor, like in baking a cake and you eat a cake, you, you don't just assume that the cake automatically just was created. Yeah. It was a process. You added eggs, you added batter, you added stuff to create the cake and then you baked it over time and it became a cake. Like cakes don't just magically appear out of nowhere. I it's, agree with you. That's just like, I don't know. Yeah, like, see, that's why I don't believe in evolution. Because of that little detail right there. It doesn't come out of nowhere. Where did all the eggs and the batter and the flour come from that made all this stuff? Do you know the answer to that? Because yeah. okay. that's kind of a conundrum yeah. for me. Yeah, I do. But I mean, like, again, I can't explain it. In like, no, just tell me, like, where did all this stuff come from? It came from space. Space. Okay, yeah. where, where did the space come from? Where did this? Oh, well, it came from a finite point. <laughs> So where did the finite point come from? I don't know. It was before time. We can't. So you don't know? No. All right. You talked about the recipe. You used the analogy of the cake. Can I try to dismantle that argument? Go for it. Okay. When it comes to baking a cake, there's a recipe. It tells me how much stuff to put in, how to mix it together, how hot to heat the oven, how long to bake the cake. And then I've got a product that is designed. It's called a recipe. And there has to be somebody who puts the recipe together. Otherwise... You just got a kitchen full of stuff all over the place. So if your analogy works, who was the designer who designed the cake, who designed the universe? Wouldn't that require a designer? 
Well, I mean, everything starts like with the with someone to like pioneer the way. Like the first person who made the cake probably made it by accident, just like threw stuff together and made it. So I don't right. It comes with instructions now because it's easier. But the first cake didn't have instructions. Okay, so the cake doesn't actually have instructions. So you're telling me the recipes just come together by themselves. Yes. All, no design. Yes. So it's just luck. Mm. Mm. I guess you could say, yeah, it is just luck. Okay, so you're a lucky man. Well, are we all lucky people? I don't know. I can't speak for everybody, but you're a lucky man that somehow your ooze got together randomly <laughs> into the shape that you're in right now so you can go to school. You're a lucky man. Yes. Okay, so you believe that we got here from a big point that blew up and got all organized, correct? Very small point. Very small <laughs> point. So how small is the point that all this stuff came from? It's it's the smallest point ever. The it, smallest point ever? Yeah. Do you know how big this galaxy is, dude? Yeah. How big is it? Do you remember? No, I can't. How fast it. is the speed of light? You're a physics guy. Uh, 186,000 miles per second. Yeah. Right? Okay. How wide is our galaxy? Uh, I'm not sure. 100,000 light years, at least. Maybe 120,000 light years. Okay. Dude, that's huge. Yeah. Right? And you know how many galaxies there are? Billions. Billions, Billions. of them. Right? Right. <laughs> So all of this stuff came from a point the size of a pencil? Yeah. Okay, I got to tell you, dude, I don't think I have enough faith to believe that. If you look at this building, there's no way you'd think that this just happened all by itself. For instance, I, you know, just your eyes that you look at, there's over 100,000 light-sensitive cells all working just right as you're blinking and looking at me and processing this. Now, if those weren't there, organized and designed, you couldn't even see so you are fearfully and wonderfully made, in my opinion. I don't think you came from a monkey. I don't think that you came out of a primordial ooze. I think God made you, knit you together, designed you, and he designed you for a purpose. All right, I want to ask you another philosophical question. All right, Evan? All right. All right, do you believe that we came from a pencil point? Yeah. Why are we here? What's the point of life? What is the reason that all of this exists? There is no reason for life. Seriously? So... There's no reason for any of this to happen or to be going on. There's no reason. No. Dude, that's so depressing. Honestly, you go to school. I go to school to have a better possible future. But we're not here for any reason. Be chilling all day, every day. But then you would waste your life. Why, what makes it a waste? Well, and then it, it becomes like social problems, like economical problems come in. It's, that's, that's Why is that a problem? There's no point you said. There's no purpose. There's no reason for us to be here, right? What is the point of argument? Like, what are we arguing? What are we arguing? Well, I'm not, I hope I'm not arguing with you. Am I arguing? What if is I'm, the debate topic? What is the debate topic? Well, I came here today because I would like to proclaim something that I think you know inside of you and that everybody standing here knows. And that is there is a God who made the universe and he made you. And he wants you to know him. And so he sends people to talk or he gives people a Bible so that they can read about him, so that they can actually know the true and living God and answer the big philosophical questions. Where did we come from? Why are we here? How are we supposed to live? And where are we going when we die? Okay, where do you think you're going when you die, Ivan? I am going in the ground. That's like, it. Worm food, party's yeah, over, you're done. It. Yes, sir. Dude, I'm so depressed talking to you. That uh, does I not know, sound good. I'm, I'm not very spiritual. Okay, then what's the okay? So what do you what do you think the point is while we're here? Eat, drink, and be merry. No, for tomorrow we die. I think the point of being here is to make the world better for the next generation. Why would you want to do that? What do you want your kids to live a worse life than you did? Oh, well, I'm asking you. I know why I want my kids to have a better life. I understand why I want things to work the way that they work. 
But you, though, somebody who doesn't believe in God, how, how do you determine what is right and what is wrong? How do you know that it is wrong to murder somebody? How do you know that it is not right to rape somebody? How do you know that? How do you know that? The Bible tells me so. So if the Bible told you jumping off bridges are good, you would jump off bridges. Well, it doesn't. So I don't have to answer, you know, a scenario that doesn't exist. Exactly. So when you like, when you're given a book that gives you lists and laws to do. Yeah. I feel like I can come up with my own ideas. I'm, I'm my own person. I don't need to follow someone else's path. I don't need to follow someone else's rules to live my life. Ivan, I can what do what if, I want. What if scenario, what if you didn't call out of the primordial ooze, but God made you and he made everything. Would it be reasonable for him to say, I have ownership rights of Ivan and all of these people because I made them. I gave them life. I gave them breath. I've given them everything to sustain them. He's the creator. He owns the creation. Would that be fair? I think there's two gods. There's the God of religion. And then there's the God of harmony, beauty, and the actual essence that created the universe. The God of religion is a man-made figure. It's just an idea of what man thinks it is. It's not, it's, it's I've, your representation. Do you, know that? do you know that though, for sure? No, but I mean like right. everything I'm saying is like as more as like, it's as fact as what everything you're saying. So we really have both have no basis. Okay, Ivan. So we're arguing opinions. What, okay, we're going to assume that the only two options here is you're right or I'm right. Is that fair? No. Why not? We, we can, believe something comes right. Are we both right at the same time? No, we can both be right. We you can like, there's no, there's no right and wrong. Okay. I believe you're a white man. Am I wrong? Yes, you'd be wrong. There you go. So there's right and there's wrong. And I don't hate you. I don't hurt you. We disagree, but we tolerate each other. Because that's what people do when they have a dis- difference of opinion, right? Okay. In, the, in, the, in your scenario, then you're Christianity, you Christianity, and I'm and I'm Islam. Are you right and I'm wrong? Yes. Why? Because the Bible tells me so. Because the Bible tells you yes, so. sir. And that's going to be your excuse for everything. Pretty much, yeah. Okay. <laughs> but I so get, why don't we? Get, but I get the Muslims here and tell them you are wrong. I'm okay with that. Is anybody here Muslim? Is anybody here Buddhist? Raise your hand, please. Anybody? Because you are wrong. But I, that, but that doesn't mean I hate them. Do you think I'm wrong for thinking they're wrong? Yeah, no, I don't think you're wrong. I mean, Come on, then, of course you do. Honestly, I think all of religion is wrong. Religion was created to the ah, people. So you do believe? So you believe I'm wrong, and all those people are wrong? No, they are not wrong. What they they were led to believe something wrong. They are not wrong as a person. No, but what they think is wrong, correct? What they believe is wrong, in your opinion? Yes. Oh, there you go. So we're the same, really. Now we just need to figure out who's right and who's wrong in this whole mess, right? Because you live in a time, Ivan, that teaches that there's no truth except the one that you believe. Now, clearly, I believe you're a white man is a foolish statement, right? Yes. I would be wrong. Now, just be two plus two equals four. I believe it equals seven. Therefore, I am wrong. Excellent. All right. I believe that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, the life. Nobody comes to the Father but through him. Am I right or wrong? Wrong. Excellent. Excellent. And I'm not offended. And it didn't hurt my feelings. I'm bummed about it, but it didn't hurt my feelings. And look at what we're doing. We are tolerating each other. Okay? Here's what tolerance isn't. Pretending that we all kind of just get along because we all basically believe the same thing. We don't. There's a guy back there who is a Muslim who's telling us that all of the differences between Judaism and Christianity and Islam, we should just look at the similarities. Therefore, we'll like each other. I got a better idea. How's about we look at each other, realize we have a difference of opinion, 
but don't kill each other over it. That's a better idea because then truth will be truth and not kind of a fairy tale world where we just say, well, you believe something different, but nobody's right in this mess. You don't live your life that way. When you go to Starbucks, what did you pay for your bike? $300. All right. I can't imagine that you would say to the clerk, I think you're wrong. I believe it's worth 189. He's going to go, well, then get out, pay up or not. So you don't live in the world that says it doesn't matter what you believe. It does matter. And I think that the Bible is accurate when it represents who God is, why we're here, where we came from, where we're going when we die. Now, you said that the Bible is a book of laws and rules, right? Yes. <sighs> Deep conversation there. And here I am interrupting. We've got three minutes on the clock. That's how long we're going to be away for. And we start that timer now. Ah, some good news. Two encouragements from the Tomorrow Clubs. They have hundreds of weekly kids meeting clubs in Eastern Europe, but now they've expanded to Africa and the kids are swarming the Tomorrow Clubs. They have never seen greater attendance than the hundreds of new clubs that they are opening up in Africa. That should encourage all of us. The gospel is going forth and reaching kids in unreached places. Encouragement number two, would you like to become a Tomorrow Clubs ministry partner? Your support will help the Tomorrow Clubs open up even more Tomorrow Clubs and reach even more kids with the gospel. Please consider becoming a ministry partner at tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched. Tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched. Have you ever wondered what happens when you take two colossal, gigantic Christian personalities like Ray Comfort and Todd Friel, and you put them together at the same table at the same time while they break bread? <laughs> well, they're not going to start a food fight, though. That would be pretty interesting to watch. No, it's actually the latest breaking bread where you'll have the opportunity to meet the real Ray Comfort. If you've ever wondered if Ray Comfort is really that kind, is he really that nice, or is he just saving it all up for the camera? Well, here's your backstage pass to find out. Join us September the 28th. That's this Thursday night, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, exclusively on the Wretched Network YouTube channel. Mark your calendar, tell your grandma, and probably also your pet fish because, let's be honest, they need the gospel too. We'll see you this Thursday night, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Wretched Network YouTube channel. Be there or be a little less informed about the real Ray Comfort. So, you're not convinced of the importance of training men to rightly divide the word of truth and fill pulpits internationally? Fine, then we'll let Paul Washer convince you. It is so important, not just important, it's absolutely essential to have a trained expositor of the scripture in every church. When we read through the book of Acts, we can see that the kingdom of God, the kingdom of Christ, advances as the word of God advances. Would you please consider joining the Master's Academy International in filling empty pulpits with men who can exposit the scriptures and advance the kingdom of God. It's a magnificent ministry with a generational impact. Please learn more about supporting TMAI at wretched.org slash pastor, wretched.org slash pastor for the Master's Academy International. 
followers of Christ. In the Bible, Jesus is given many titles that teach us about who He is and what He has done. Jesus is called our Passover. During the first Passover, God spared those whose doors were covered with the blood of a lamb. When we trust in Christ, we are covered by His blood so that we are spared from God's wrath. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. And welcome back. It is Witness Wednesday here on Wretched Radio. Hope you had a great time and a riveting experience during that break. I don't know what kind of riveting experience you might have had, but you may have had one, and I hope you did. Anyway, Todd has been talking to Ivan on the campus of Georgia Tech. We're just going to stop there for just a second. If the, if the Bible is a book of laws and rules, have you kept those laws or rules? No. Okay. So if God is the creator and he's got laws and rules, Ivan, what do you think that God should do with lawbreakers, with people who break his laws? What do you think that they should do? They shouldn't do anything. Nothing's going to happen to them. What do you think should happen to guilty criminals in the justice system? Should they be rewarded, left alone, or punished? That really depends on the situation. Somebody's broken 10 laws. They stand before a judge. All of the evidence is there. They're guilty. What should the just judge do with somebody? You know, depending on the crime, they should they should take for They're found guilty and they would be punished for it. It's called the penal system, the punishment system, because that is what justice demands. Justice says if somebody does wrong, there should be somebody that has authority to give them what they have earned for themselves. Now, I want to lift this up out of the earthly court system into a heavenly court system. All right. If God's laws, let's say, are the Ten Commandments. Okay. You shall not lie, steal, look with lust even. Not just commit adultery, but look with somebody at somebody with lust. Have any other gods before the true and living God. If you've ever been naughty as a child with your parents. If you've ever not just murdered somebody physically with a knife, but you're just angry at somebody because they're a jerk or they're a terrible driver. Jesus said that's murder in the heart. That's how God sees us as somebody who's a murderer in the heart, because God goes beyond actual actions, but into our heart and our thoughts, all right? Now, if you're like me, you've broken those laws, fair enough? Yes. All right. So what should the just judge of all the world do with guilty Ivan when you stand before him to give an account for your life? Would he find you innocent or guilty? It wouldn't matter. He could do anything he wants. But what would he find you, innocent or guilty? He wouldn't find me anything. I wouldn't be first place. Work with me. This is what my Bible teaches. So if nothing else, you leave the campus today going, oh, at least I get what those Christians are all about. A day of judgment, because we like judgment. We like justice, right? We like it when Jerry Sandusky gets arrested for being a pedophile. And given 30 years, it should have been 300 years. We like that, though, right? Okay, God does too. We get a sense of justice from God, who is just. So if God is just, and he's looking into the corners of your heart, the recesses of your mind, not only that, but the things you failed to do by loving people, by being kind to everybody, by helping everybody you could. I would be guilty if I stood before a judge like that. Ivan, would you be innocent or guilty? By your standards, I would be guilty. Okay, by God's standard, you'd be guilty. Not mine. All right. So if God is just and righteous and holy, and he has a settled anger against sin and wrongdoing, what should God do with Ivan? Take him to heaven or send him to hell? Throw me in that hell. Correct. Right. That's our problem. All right. That's what the Bible teaches. And I think there's nothing more provable than the fact that we've got a big sin problem. Look around the world. Go to Chuck E. Cheese's. There's a big sin problem. Even the little ones have it. Right? 
Yeah. Okay. So God is going to do a day of reckoning, a day of house cleaning, and he'll give people what they deserve. So dude, according to the Bible, you agree with the Bible. Everybody fails as standard. The just judge much must give you what you deserve. You'd be going to hell because God is just and righteous and even loving. That was a beautiful story, but uh, really, it is not for me. No, it's a bad story. It's a terrible story. Do you know what hell is like? Yes. I, terrible, I, right? Pretty awesome. No, pretty terrible. It's not a kegger with your buddies. And it's not like, you know, the, the devils are dancing around. They're getting punished too. It's a terrible place because sin requires punishment. That's a bad story, dude. Right? Yes, it's a bad story. Right. Do you know the gospel of Jesus Christ? No. No idea? Nope. Did you ever go to church as a kid? No. Do you know what Christmas is? Yeah. What is it? It's a fake holiday to buy gifts for everybody. Well, that's true. There's a lot of that going on. I agree with you on that. We have agreement on that. What is the religious understanding of Christmas? It was the birth of Jesus. And who is Jesus according to the Bible? The Son of God. Son of God. Why did that Jesus come to this earth? No idea. I'll tell you. He came to keep all the laws that you and I have broken. So every time you lusted, he didn't. Every time you lied, he told the truth. Every time you were naughty with your parents, he obeyed. Every time you failed to love God the way you should, he did. He kept all the laws. And then tell me about Easter. What do you know about Easter? No idea. All right. Easter is the that little week where Jesus Christ, the perfect, sinless, spotless Lamb of God, was beaten by men, was punched in the face, had a crown of thorns smashed onto his head, was spat upon, stripped naked, so abused you couldn't even tell he was a human being. He was so disfigured. And then he had his hands and his feet nailed to a cross. Actually, he probably didn't have his feet. You ever seen those pictures where they have a guy on the cross and it's one foot on top of the other? They've been finding nails at crucifixion sites that aren't long enough for that. So they think that they actually put the nail through the Achilles part. They had him straddle the cross and then they put it through the Achilles. And he hung there on a cross, gasping for air, because that's how you die when everything pulls down. You can't breathe. It's like you're in a pool trying to keep your head above water. You can't breathe. You run out of air. And he died. Do you know why he did that? For me. You got it right. Try. And that's, that's, a, that's a why though. Story. Wonder why though. Why did he do it for you? He did it for myself. Exactly. But why? No idea. Well, we just talked about you going to hell if you don't have your sins forgiven. All right. He forgave all my sins for me. He will. But why did God do such an incredible thing? No idea. Is it because you're so spanky? No right. Because our problem is we're not spanky. We're dirty and we're sinful. It's because the Bible says in this is love. Not that we first love God, but that God loved us and sent his son to be a propitiation for us. God didn't die for the world because we're so wonderful. As if he had a big cosmic refrigerator, he'd have our picture on the refrigerator with magnets because we're just so amazing. We're sinful and dirty and God loves us anyway and demonstrated it by sending his son to die for you a sinner. That is a great story. No, it's a great, yeah, I thank you. That's a good story, exactly. All right, now here's the question, Ivan. Is it true? Is it a true story? Probably. Okay, because that's big, man. If it's not true, no worries. Live, live a life of whatever lifestyle you want to, good, bad, or otherwise. But if it's true, you will have to face God on Judgment Day. And you'll have to give an account for everything you've done. I mean, isn't there something inside of your conscience that says, guy's right, I've done a lot of bad things. Isn't there any agreement that we have with your conscience right now? No. Nothing. Not even a little bit. What do you think God would have to do to convince you that this story is true? Show himself. He did 2,000 years ago, and eyewitnesses watched him die and rise from the dead. 
and they were willing to die because of it. The resurrection of Jesus is the best proof anybody could ever have for you. If he came right now and wrote across the sky, Ivan, believe in me, I'm Jesus. You'd go, ah, Skywriter, the skinny guy set it up in advance and he walkie-talkied it to him somehow and he made it appear. And you discredit it because you claim you want signs, but you don't want the one who gives the signs. Jesus did miracles. Besides that, he created the world. Come on, what more do you need for proof? He gave you a universe to look around and go, yeah, gotta be something here. This is the universe is God's great big cosmic. Hello, I'm here. I exist. Pay attention. But, right? You're not willing to listen. No, sir. All right. Before you go, and you've been very, very polite and very gracious. All right. Can you please give me one reason why what I'm telling you is wrong? Because otherwise, my concern is you'll walk away from here. And someday when God gives you your last breath, you'll die and go to hell. And I don't want that. So please give me some reason why I'm wrong. And then we'll all go home and, and we won't bother each other anymore. Please, something? Um, I don't think you're wrong. I think, what, what do you believe? I mean, it's you. It's what you... No, it's either right it's or wrong. Believe in. I don't know. I had a hard feeling that I owe a debt to someone because they died for me 2,000 years ago. I mean, he died for himself. I mean, he died for people that believed in him. Unfortunately, I don't believe in him. I don't. What'll happen to your sins on the day of reckoning, Ivan? What'll happen with your sins? I don't know. I don't, I don't really worry about that. I don't. But, you're a, gu- but you're a guilty man. That's fine. And I can be guilty all my life and nothing that won't affect me. You don't like justice. You don't want guilty people to ever be sentenced. Is that correct? You, now you're comparing two like indefinite things. That doesn't make any sense. No. Well, either what it, look, just because it's, it's invisible or you can't see it is, there, is, is to just irrelevant. Sins and God. Those are completely different things. Not if God exists. Completely. If God exists and he's the judge and he's going to have a day in court with you then it doesn't matter what you think. This is what, I know it's an earthly realm, but imagine a criminal walking into the courtroom and going, judge, I don't even think you exist. This doesn't matter to me. I don't care. I don't believe in you, judge. The judge would think you're nuts, okay? I'm telling you, declaring to you, the creation testifies there's a creator. A book tells you it's Jesus. Listen. Oh, talk about a roller coaster of a day. I'm telling you, from the University of Georgia to Georgia Tech, Todd's been all over the place this week on Witness Wednesday, and his conversations have been just as much of a roller coaster. Todd and criminal justice student Brewer had an interesting conversation at the University of Georgia, and we just heard Todd wrap up his chat with Ivan on the campus of Georgia Tech. Justice, sin, what God requires, the sense of justice in ourselves, the eternal perspective that we have. You know, some folks lean into that. Ivan seemed to kind of keep his distance from it. But uh, that was the recurring theme today from both conversations at both campuses. Hey, listen, be praying for Brewer and Ivan both. Be praying that God would continue to send people into their lives that would continue watering and watering and watering until he decides it's time to reap the harvest. And that's going to do it for another Witness Wednesday. We will be back here, same time, same place, next Wednesday for more witnessing on some campus somewhere. And we'll be back here tomorrow for more Wretched Radio. We hope you'll join us then. Until then, go serve your king.